Hello, hi, peace and love, all those wonderful things. What's up, y'all? Welcome into the show that we so lovingly call Bow on Bulls, the show totally, utterly, and foreverly dedicated to the Chicago Bulls and NBA talk. I am Big Dave. I'm C Dub. Season's around the corner, Dub. Yes, it is right around the corner. Are you excited? I, yes, I am. This is, of course, the last couple years, you know. Bulls in general, it's a. I could be optimistic somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. <laughs> ready yeah. to season. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, I'm not ready to see the start. It looks like the Bulls improved a little bit. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more fun to watch than what ended up last year toward the end of the year. So yeah. Yeah. Baseball, basketball, of course. Them in the entire Eastern Conference. <laughs> like an entire. That's NBA what's weird. So. I'm going to be watching like a lot of other teams than Bulls more this year than any other year. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a, even though Donald, Donald Mitchell is, a, is an enemy now, Chicago. I'm a fan of his, as you know. Right, <laughs> I'm a fan right. of Donald Mitchell. I'm watching that. I don't watch the Knicks, of course. Unless I want to laugh and watch the Rose. This is the year, though. <laughs> this is the year for league pass. Like, if you're gonna get league pass at any year, like I think this is the year to you know get that because everybody's right. good. I know it's cliche to say that all games always matter. You never take games off, but it, it's for real this year. Like. You can't take no games. Like everybody's really good. Even the bad teams have a lot of talent. You know, like Orlando and, and Charlotte. You know what I mean? Those are still talented yeah. guys. But, but man, since we're gonna get into it, I wanted to uh, bring a guest on, man. Uh, the other half of the bigs, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know what? Since I told Gene the story when I saw, first saw him and spoke to him, I, I'll say this one. So, media day, and it was the first time I I'd been to media day in my life. So I was tripping. That was wild. But it was the day like the bald headed menace was like the full head coach of the Bulls, quote unquote, coach of the Bulls. So he's in there talking. He's doing this thing. So I'm at media day and I'm just looking around and I'm talking. And then I looked to my right and I saw this brother standing there and he was him and it was another person and they were doing that thing. And I made a beeline <laughs> like straight directly to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how I looked to him stomping towards him like I was, but I was straight directly to that brother, see him, man, just to show him love and to say what's up to him, man, because just to let him know what he meant um, to us, you know what I'm saying, what we do here at Ball, like they were a colossal inspiration as far as seeing people who first of all look like us, but second of all, are not switching up who they were and wasn't trying to change any of that and was just being directly authentically themselves. And I was like, Oh shit, you can do this. This is for real. Like this is a real thing. So I credit them with a lot of that inspiration. And plus they're just incredibly knowledgeable about everything in Chicago sports from, from the pro level to the amateur level, the high school level, they know it all, man, but you can follow him at Tomlin does it on Twitter. Co-founder of the bigs, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for our guy, Terrence Tomlin. What's up, bro? Uh, bro. First of all, I remember that. I remember you <laughs> making the beeline to me and uh, making your introduction, man. But, man, you know I always appreciate the love. Over the years, I, I feel like it's become a mutual thing mm-hmm. where the inspiration goes both ways. And you know that means the world to me and Gene. Yeah. Uh, but on a personal level, G, I, I love the steps that you've taken in this industry, in this lane. And you're doing some real special things right now, man. Congratulations. And, again, you're an inspiration, you know? Oh man, thank you, bro. I, I, that means a lot. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. That means a lot, man. Um, but man, I, I, I have so many questions, but we'll get into the bulls in a second, but I, I'm more so want to know about your journey to, um, actually just 
getting into the industry before you even got, you know what I'm saying? It said you, you and Gene wanted to do the big. So how did it start for you? Did it did it start with you actually playing a sport? Did it start with you writing about it in high school? How, how did your journey to getting into sports media begin? Man, that, that's a great question because just, you know, my brain is instantly going back further and further every time I think, Oh, stop there. My brain is like, nope, go further no, back. Keep going, yeah. <laughs> because I feel like it's been a lifelong dream to, to be doing exactly what I'm doing right now. Um, my first memories of sports are watching my big cousin be a huge Dan Marino fan. Mm. And I feel like a lot of my time as a super youngin was spent trying to understand that and be that. Mm-hmm. And that what that turned into was a huge sports fan, you know, really ever since I can't remember uh, loving the White Sox, loving the Bears, loving the Bulls, uh, but also absolutely loving to play baseball, loving to play Piggy and, and, and uh, <laughs> Killer Man and stuff like that uh, when I was around yeah. the guys. But if I was to say where my passion kind of started, I would go back to high school my sophomore year, which is the last time I played organized basketball, man. I had made the team and was in a situation where I knew my I wasn't going to be the next MJ. College wasn't in my future. And I had the balls to ask my coach at the time, Terry Johnson, who um, eventually he was one of the coaches on Morgan, uh, on Morgan Park squad for a long time, coaching Iowa and everything. Um, but I went and asked him, I said, coach, I know next year I probably don't want to try out. Uh, but what can I do to stick around the game? And he was like, you know what, Terrence, I appreciate you. And I honor you I, like for, for coming to me and saying that because a lot of people would have just walked away from the game. But you got a thirst to still learn some more. How about you sit on the bench with me and I teach you some things, hmm. uh, you know, next season. And what that turned into was a, a, a basically an apprenticeship where I was the manager of the team for the next two years. And the dopest thing I got to do was practice with the guys. You know, I still got to practice with the team, uh, which, which kind of quenched my, my playing thirst. But also I learned so much about the game in the meantime. By the time I got to college, I was looking to do the same thing on the Morgan State Bears uh, basketball team with Todd Bozeman. So I dabbled a little bit over there. But then I found journalism, bro. Um, one summer I was back home in the uh, Chicago Defender, had an event where they were looking for freelance writers. And I, you know, I stuck my head in over there and ended up becoming a freelance sports writer for them and was doing stories all while I'm in Baltimore. I'm doing Chicago sports stories, <laughs> interviews and things like that over the phone. And they were going in the paper. By the time I graduated, I had had a relationship with that, uh, with that organization, with that outlet, and was able to, able to become one of their managing editors, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was honestly the most, the biggest learning experience in my life, trying to get that paper out every Tuesday. And uh, RIP to that paper. The paper actually is yeah. not being circulated anymore. I was part of the, the last team to be circulating that. And I, it was an honor, bro. You know what I mean? It was an honor to be at the Chicago Defender, historic, historic uh, outlet in Chicago. And that's where I developed my love for black media and where I was able to get some relationships in the professional mainstream industry um, that allowed me to see that it was an opportunity for us to get our voice out there. You know, while I was at the Defender, one of the biggest biggest things that was on my mind, Dave, 
is that I didn't see too many people that looked like you and me when I went to the, you know, the Bulls press conferences and things like that. My guy Agri Sam was there, mm-hmm. but that was really it. Mm-hmm. So when my time at the Defender came to an end, I really wanted to see if there was an opportunity to build my own thing, build an outlet that was going to tell some sports stories in this city and really provide a different perspective and voice to what was out there at the time, man. And uh, it's a God thing how me and Gene came together. You know, it came together really at a perfect time where our friendship kind of culminated and met head on at this opportunity to start the bigs. You know, before we did that, you know, we chopped it up kicked it on his couch a couple of times. We had mutual friends uh, that led to us being friends. And all we did was talk sports, talk life. Uh, he became, you know, one of my one of my big homies, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So when the opportunity came where I felt like I needed a team, he was the first guy that came to my mind. You know, I knew his, his sports background. Uh, I knew the rapport he had around the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew the connections that he had. And when I brought it to him, come on, you, you knew what time it was. He told me, if you can get me in the locker room to speak with Derrick Rose and Joe Keem and those guys, we'll go crazy. And honestly, that's what it's been since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I feel we hang our hats on, Dave, is the ability to create opportunities for ourselves and others, man. Mm-hmm. That is that is 100% uh, where our passion is. Mm-hmm. And today, I'm so proud to say that you know, this thing that started as me and Gene is now me, Gene, Herb, uh, John, Brandon, our photographers. Then we have some new guys coming on, mm-hmm. Josh Hicks and Drew Stevens to, to join us on yes. the Bulls yeah. beat. Uh, so, man, I'm, I'm just, and uh, excuse me, Jada, Jada McIntosh, who, who held it down on the Chicago Sky Beat for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be doing a bunch of things for us moving forward, man. I'm just super proud of the reputation that we've been able to build in this city. Um, just even in our seven years, you know, of doing this, we've seen people come and go. Mm-hmm. And, and you know how it is, Dave. You know, people come in and the next thing you know, a couple, couple years later, they're doing something different. Yeah. Uh, we're proud of the fact that we, you know, showing some longevity. Mm-hmm. And it, it's all because of the goal that we set and the, the passion that we had to turn this into something bigger than us. Mm-hmm. And um. I feel like that's right in front of us. You know, again, bro, I'm so excited for what's in front of us and what we're capable of uh, doing now. It's just a, a seven years ago, I, I honestly couldn't even think about some of the things we're going to be doing soon. So, man, this is a big blessing. It's been a, the coolest ride of my life so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lord willing, I got a bunch of it in front of me, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And can you can you speak a little bit on uh, you talked about it the seven years and basically never quitting. So with that I'm, comes a lot of ups and downs. You know what I'm saying with that and a lot of situations where they might make you want to you know try something else or not keep doing it. But what kept you guys uh, on course? Because I know with Chris and I when we started doing this, the main thing I said to him was I wanted to go at a turtle pace. I didn't want to be a rabbit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to just go fast, go fast, go and burn out. And it just, I'm like, no, nah, bro, this is what we do. So we talk, we're going to talk sports anyway. Like, it's just mm-hmm. what it is. So I just wanted to keep that turtle pace and see what came from it, you know, and see what happened with it. And it's been awesome doing it that way. So what was it like for y'all just to have that idea of like, yo, this is a marathon and, it, and it's not a sprint. Like, we are in this. 
Man, our biggest thing, Dave, and you're on point with that perspective. Uh, the way we say it on, you know, in our meetings is we don't want to skip any steps. Mm-hmm. Yes, you yes, know, we, yes. We want to make sure that we're uh, that we're doing it the right way, that we're continuously learning. And we're, you know, we're the type of people that want to learn how to fish. We don't necessarily want you to put it in front of us ready to go. <laughs> we want to know how to do it ourselves mm-hmm. so that we can sustain and and get to a point where we look 10 years behind us and, you know, we, we have things to hang our hats on. So mm-hmm. it's definitely about not being attracted to that fast win. Mm-hmm. And that's fun too. You know what I mean? I, I can't say that in our time, we haven't had a couple of things put in front of us like, hey, thank you, we'll take this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of it when you're putting in the work. You know what yeah. I mean? That's part of it. So, man, we enjoy the work behind it. That's where the fun is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my memories and my best memories from the bigs come from the times where we had to decide if we was gonna drop a story or not. And 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 the discussions that were behind that and and the the morals that we put into it, you know, man, I, I feel like we've done it the right way. And of course, I feel like, you know, you know us. There's some people that that've been around us that come that's like, man, how come do y'all think that you you should be further along? And it's always, man, we are right where we supposed to be. And honestly, you know, I was with my guy Josh last night and watching him hold it down in the locker room. I'm like, man, we, we are doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And uh, again, it's a big blessing. G. I can't even can, can, uh, complain about the pace yeah, because I yeah. feel like it, it probably would have took away from some of the things I've been able to enjoy, man. I didn't travel the whole country with one of my best friends you know, cover some of my favorite athletes that I grew up rooting for, bro. I got to meet Kobe two times, you know? Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. You know, That's so, so uh, never tripping on the pace because, you know, slow and steady wins the race. That's it. That's a fact. Yes. And and making those mistakes and, like you said, not skipping those steps, but mm-hmm. knowing that you're going to make mistakes and have those missteps and have those potholes, but yes. still keep going through it because that's all going to make you better. All that stuff just makes you better, man. Cause you can't avoid it. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta go Period. through it. So nah, you see now one of my favorite rap lines, bro. And I'll just take it here for a second. It's by Nas in a song, in a song called You Wouldn't Understand. It was on the Life is Good album. Yeah, it sure was. Right. And the first bar he says, let's make a bet. I know the reason you ain't make it yet. The stage was set, but you ain't see the tedious ingredients. Yeah. You know what I mean, so that that line has always stood out to me, man. The success is tedious. You got to keep your eyes on the details and not be afraid to learn from mistakes and don't run from problems, you know? Yeah, see, I, that's what interesting is like when, when he told that guy told you, like, uh, aren't you upset that you're not hearing that you're not doing this, not doing that? What does that mean? Because, like, from what I heard, you already are successful. You already, you know, you met Kobe Bryant. You did your thing. You you are where you are. Like, what is this phantom destination you're supposed to go to? <laughs> you know, I feel like uh, sometimes, and this is no fault of, of these certain people, and, and, and I'm not holding it against anybody, but sometimes people will place their definition of success on your journey. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's it's not your responsibility to, you know, accept it or, or allow that to be your definition of success. And again, like it doesn't even really bother me at this point in the journey, because like you said, I know what we've experienced. I know what we've achieved and we we've developed our own 
uh, definition of success. And other people will have their opinions, bro. But like my man Dave said, the people that you're working with, as long as y'all understand the learning process and the process that you guys want to go through, you'll be fine. You know, and of course, don't quit. If you quit, then how are you ever going to realize a goal? So, yeah. and we just keep going on the daily. And I hope you understand that it is a journey because like even with Dave, starting off with Dave, you know, known since high school and just to watch like, we, we kind of both share the same philosophy on life in general is that, you know, as long as you keep on the path doing the right thing, things happen. The day, the path that we took, especially Dave, is meeting certain people and how it branches out into like, they can speak to it to your success as far as like getting getting to meet you know, certain athletes and getting job opportunities. That's that's not forced, you know what I'm saying? That's 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 a journey you took, and and it's not necessarily just trying to force a destination on it, right? It's just a path, and you have to sometimes appreciate the path and the journey. Oh, you to, yeah, you, you really really have to appreciate the path because again, it's not always going to be fun, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the biggest things I've learned is that you can't always be the new kid on the block. Mm-hmm. You know, when we first started, it was uh, we it was fun being, you know, fresh and new and getting the recognition for being, uh, you know, for doing what we were doing at the time we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Five years later, I would say that doesn't do anything for us anymore. And we've had to prove ourselves through the work and the content and the reports and the relationships. And um, that is, you know, so so I guess we can say that even our definition of success changes and, and gets altered throughout our journey as we as we want to achieve more, you know, as we, as we achieve different things. But um, it's the journey is what I'm going to remember forever. You know, I feel like if we stop doing this today, I, I got enough memories to last a lifetime and I couldn't speak nothing but great things about what we've done, you know? Mm-hmm. And you definitely done that, man. And just being on the road, y'all on like I try to tell like being on a road, there's not a road you can think of in any country, any world that if you travel on it long enough, it's not gonna have potholes, it's not gonna be uh roadblocks, it's not gonna be, you know, all the all those things. Like those are gonna be there. There's no perfect paved road for any of this shit. Like it's just the road that you continue to take and keep going down. And it's up to you to keep going on it. You know what I mean? So that's that's just up to you, but. Excuse me, I ain't, I ain't mean to go get all philosophical with this, man, but hey, that's, that's just you know what how it is. is. Yeah, that's just yes. what it is, bro. That's just what it is. Um, so, so after that, after you make that decision in sports media, can you talk about how organic it was for you and Gene uh, to, to put this together with the bigs? And also, did you all start off with just cover, wanting to cover one thing in mind, or was it always, yo, we're covering all of Chicago, including mm-hmm. the high school level? Okay, man, it was uh, it was very organic, and um, and, and when I, what I mean by that is when we when we got put in the arena, yeah, it was game time immediately. You know, without a lot having to be said between Gene and I, it was just our personalities carrying us at at a certain point. You know, I feel like that kind of broke the ice, uh, for a lot of things that I feel. a a traditional journalist may have had to like get over, you know, like once you put us in the locker room, we wanted, we wanted to talk to these players, you know, and uh, really, and I I probably shouldn't even call them players. You want to talk to these guys. Right. You know, I feel like it was how we viewed 
them that kind of put us in a different space, mm-hmm. you know? And so we, we actually started with the Nike program, uh, Shy League, when, mm-hmm. when it was at Whitney Young. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about that is, is it put us right in the front of the basketball culture in Chicago, not just the Chicago Bulls, but you know, the basketball culture in Chicago is so big that it's legends that so many people have never heard of. Mm. And at the, you know, the time when we came into the Shy League, the program was really still a thing. And we got to really report weekly on the Shy League and turned it into an event. <laughs> and I, I know some people behind the scenes can attest to that. Uh, we actually developed a real special relationship with Nike behind that. But uh, the things we were able to do with the Shali kind of foreshadowed what we were going to do throughout the industry. We really mm-hmm. treated everything, every beat that we've been on has been treated like we were treated, like it was the Shali mm-hmm. when, when we first started. And um, it was definitely always a thing where we wanted to cover everything. You know, Gene, Gene he talks a lot about getting buckets. I mean, he spent a lot of time on the court, Lakeshore, you know, legend, all of that. A lot of people don't know he is a baseball guy. Baseball, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He played D1 baseball at Southern. Mm-hmm. You know, participated in the College World Series. Mm-hmm. So it was always how can we get to Wrigley? How can we get uh, on the White Sox beat? And when you saw us covering high school sports or the Bulls, it was low key because at the time we were getting denied by MLB. <laughs> 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 Eventually, it came around, and I never forget the conversation I had with uh, the Cubs PR uh, director at the time. His name was Peter Chase, mm. and he told me he was like, "Man, I know you guys are repping the defender and repping the bigs. I tell you right now, we haven't had anybody in here repping them, repping the defender at least in a long time. Mm. So we're excited to have you guys in here. I'll make sure that." you never hear no, like you hear no as as least as possible. So that was really the beginning of our first relationship uh, with the team where they they recognized the the work we were doing and really wanted to help us. And I feel like what became from that, when you saw the content, you know, that, that 2016 season on the Cubs beat with Gene was some whole other shit, <laughs> you know? Um, World Series. It, it was really the first beat that, even, you know, I was a journalist. And that yeah. was the first time I really got to immerse myself in a in a sports beat. And everything that I thought it was, it was, you know, El Mago came from that. Yes. Uh, the creation of that nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, the relationships with Jason Hayward and, and uh, Kyle Hendricks that we still, are, you know, get to put on display today. Uh, that's where all of that started. I got Carl Edwards Jr. And you see, I'm just naming, you know, sources. Okay, it's, just, it's just different with us because these, we don't view them like that. You know what I mean? Right. These are guys that have been, we've been mutually beneficial, you know? Right, right. When they're looking to have a real conversation, you know what I mean? That's not all super camera and microphone in your face. Mm-hmm. They know that they can come talk to the big, so... Man, it's always been about being everywhere, you know? It's always been about being everywhere. Before we were going to Cubs playoff games, we were stopping through the United Center to, to cover Bulls games mm. and make sure that we had a presence over there because Derek and, and Joe King were still there. 
Mm-hmm. And, and everything that's come from those relationships. Uh, uh, another quick story. Uh, the way we were covering Derrick Rose stood out to, to you know, to him. And, and one day during the practice, uh, I think we asked him about Charlie Moore uh, committing to Memphis at the time. And, you know, you had that Chicago connection, that John Calipari connection. And Derrick really gave a great answer. Like, he gave an insightful answer. And, and this is in the midst of him talking to the Chicago media like, yes, no, yeah. <laughs> You know, but he gave us a real thoughtful answer. And then beyond that, after the press conference was over, he came over to chop it up with me and Jim. And we got to talk about some uh, some mutual people in our lives uh, from Beasley and things like that. And lo and behold, the relationship starts. And next thing you know, we're in L.A. Uh, at Staples Centers, you know, at Staples Center, excuse me, interviewing him in the back room while we after we got a chance to meet Kobe for the first time, you know? <laughs> It's crazy. But again, you know, I would say that you can look at the content, you know, you can look at that Derrick Rose interview as really the 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 rocket that kind of put us in a place where we could be here for a little bit, you know, <laughs> yeah, but we didn't just have to be like a one and done, you know, mm-hmm. I feel you. So let me ask you this, man, what was in, in your opinion, the and it could be any level that of this, but what's the biggest yes that you ever got doing what you're doing? Like that yes that you were just like, yeah, bro. Like that's the one right there. That's the yes I've been wanting to hear. Was it an interview? Was it something that moved you guys forward? What's the biggest yes that you ever got? Man, that is a great question. Um, On the Soil, you know, is a show that Eugene and I have done the coolest thing that, and this is kind of, you know, this is like, this was a personal goal of mine. Mm-hmm. I knew Eugene had wanted to have some stuff out with Antoine Walker. You know what I mean? Okay. okay. His, his former teammate, mm-hmm. uh, his former best friend. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's how deep the relationship was. And I wanted them to have an opportunity to talk. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be on camera. And I, and I feel Twan has spent a few years kind of, seeing Gene, you know, seeing him do his thing with the bigs and almost kind of finally get his just due as far as the respects he the, the respect he deserved in the sports lane in Chicago. Because just like the music, you know, Gene has been in every nook and cranny, nook, you know, corner of Chicago sports history and is really kind of an integral part in, in Twan's story. So when we got the yes to do that interview on our show, that was real special to me because I felt like we had finally got some respect from Twan and he came and really had a candid conversation with Gene and it, it was just great from my perspective. But other than that, we, um, I would look at the Bears beat and, I, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna share this with some of the Bears brass because I, I feel like the, if they told the story truthfully, they know that it wasn't always a sweet relationship between us. Okay. Okay. You know, I, it was some times where I thought we were being treated unfairly. Mm-hmm. And I've never been afraid to voice that, you know, when we're dealing with these teams. Mm-hmm. Because we got to get what we deserve. You know I mean, we got to get right. the respect right. we deserve so we so we continue so that we can continue to create. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know what happened with the Bears. One day I looked up and they just were telling us yes all the time. 
And what became of that is the first time we were able to really expand and put somebody else on the beat that wasn't me or Gene with her. And the things he's been able to do on, on that side, man, have been so special. I feel like Herb is one of the uh, one of the best over there in, in a sea of legends. This is true. You know, in a sea of uh, <laughs> Chicago reporting legends over there. I'm so proud of the presence that we have over there and the relationship that is that I now have with the Bears. Um, the content we're about to create mm -hmm. can only come from a good relationship, you know. And so uh, those yeses, I feel like are going to transcend us. And I feel like I'm turning the Dame Dash like any second on here because I was like, and we really cannot. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited for, for what's in front of us on that Bears beat and um, really taking the energy from that to spread it to what we're going to do with the Bulls this, uh, this year. Yes, I think you're going to see a different side of us, you know? Okay. And so I, I'm super excited for that, man. The, the last few yeses we've had as far as access mm -hmm. to, you know, to continue our access and, and kind of give it a deeper impact. It, I think those are going to end up being the most impactful yeses we've had so far. What, what, was, what was the most impactful no? Mm. You know what? Sit, the most impactful no has been some of the opportunities we didn't get. Mm. You know, sitting in sitting in some offices and talking to some decisions, uh, decision makers and seeing their view of the Chicago sports world, if we weren't solid, it would have been disheartening, you know? Uh, but also, I, you know, I feel like the way we view no's is just, you know, they I know it's just impactful because we're always going to learn from it and, and get some fuel from it. To, to grow, you know, I feel like when we started the bigs, we had a, a, a big emphasis on getting partnerships, you know, and, and we've been able to do that, but we've also been rejected for some that I thought we would be perfect for. Mm -hmm. So in turn, that allowed me to kind of open my mind back up and look at avenues for us. Like, how do we live out here? How do we, how do we sustain? And we, we've stumbled across people like, Deanna Jackson from True Star Media, uh, a nonprofit independent media who's who showed us low key uh, some ways that we can exist without monetary partnerships. Mm. And, and it's been a, a real eye opening experience because it, it started from a no, you know, us, you know, trying to see other, you know, other people out there that are like us. It's like, okay, I know we're not the only ones, you know? Right, right. Step back and see who's out there. And lo and behold, you know, we got a whole nother kind of sector of relationships that, and it was like, yo, y'all got to do this. Y'all got to do that. So some of the no's have led to, have led to some of the things that, is, that have helped us stay alive, honestly, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, I feel like the no's have just been impactful in general. That's real. You know, I, I talk a lot. Uh, to people about uh, the fight, uh, just to the fight to just be who you are kind of thing. And I talk mm -hmm. a lot about when I'm doing outsiders and what I'm doing now. And I would tell, you know, my coworkers and bosses like, yo, nobody here looks like me. And I was like, and I'm not just talking skin color. I was like, I'm mm -hmm. talking hair. I'm talking the way I speak. I'm talking the way I dress, this and that. And I've, I've always been used to fighting for that. 
it's rare that I've been accepted for it. Like outsiders you, and you just killed it with that one. It's so rare. Yeah, like like outsiders and CHGO, like the first two places I've been where, I, where they just truly accepted, you know what I mean? All of me, you know what I'm saying, or who I was. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know you guys have, have had your fair share of fights, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? To not to just, you know, be in those rooms and, you know, ask those questions, but to do it the way you want to do it and mm -hmm. to do it being yourselves and not having to switch up. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Nah, bro. Um, I would be tripping if I didn't tell you about that side of it, because we've definitely had to deal with pre preconceived notions. Yeah. Uh, when people look at us and they, 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 I feel like they subconsciously admit that now nah, we don't think anybody that looks like you could be doing what you say you're doing. Right. You know, and we we've dealt with that as 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 recent as a couple of days ago. Wow. You know, so it's something that has been a, a constant part of our story. But I feel like one of the things that we're most serious about is represent you know representing you know like people who look like us get busy mm -hmm. you know what i mean and deliver great content and and that's what it's about you know what i mean and and we can't do anything but be ourselves like i promise you i couldn't do i couldn't be somebody else if i tried you know i mean I, I couldn't do it so what is important to me is that yes you're going to see me braided up i got tats all on my hands mm -hmm. You're going to hear the way we talk and it's going to be different, but you're going to see this work and it's going to be the same quality. It's going to be impactful and it's going to be, you know, it's going to get the eye. So yeah. I really feel like the way we look is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, like I feel like if we were in there and we were just in there kicking it, you know, just just having fun, just happy to be there, things would be different. But we and we're in there getting things done. We've actually had other outlets complain like man they're getting all the interviews when i'm on deadline you know what i mean so some of the problems that we've had has been like man we, we're taking work from other people but when it comes to how we look bro you know what i mean hey i feel like that is the the the, the leroy glow come on this is the that that is that's the glow for us bro like come on you come in there dread it up hat to the back you know what i mean big smile they're not gonna find that nowhere else bro yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. gonna find that that energy anywhere else. And I feel like once some of these decision makers, and they are, come on, the decision makers are are, are seeing what's going down. Yeah. But yeah. they see the work, you know, outside of just seeing us. Yeah, right. I feel that. So let me, because I want to get to the Bulls and uh discuss that. But we ask this question every time any guest has been on our show that played at, at any level, and we definitely ask Gene the same question. So we asked him, what was your greatest game? Like, what was the game? I don't yes, care what sir. sport it was, but what was the game you're going to tell your kids about? Yo, you go your little ones. Like, yo, Pops was a beast. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's that yeah. one game for you that's always going to stand out? Uh, okay, it was, and I, I know it right off the top of my head. <laughs> I was a sophomore. <laughs> I, was, I was a sophomore at Seton, Seton Academy. Seton. And, um... I was fresh off of telling my coach, Coach uh, Terry, that I was I had a couple of good practices, but he wasn't playing me, right? Mm. So I, I approached him. I'm like, Coach, what's going down? I'm winning my one-on-ones on, in practice, but you're not playing me during the game. What's up? So he was like, man, 
if you feel like you go, if you want some more of that action, I give you some more of that action. So that's all he said. And so now I'm I'm thirsty for the next game. I'm like, coach said, I'm getting in. Let me tell my parents I'm going to play because I want them to see this. So I told my mom, told my dad, the game was in Elgin. And, you know, mm. I went to school in South Holland. My mom made a big yeah. thing out of it. We went and stayed at a hotel and, you know, prepared for this Elgin game, bro. So we get to the game and it's ugly. We go down 20 early, <laughs> you know. So now I'm sitting back. I'm still thirsty. I'm like, I don't care. Coach said he's going to put me in the game. As soon as I get, I'm getting in, I'm turning up. I don't care what, you know, is going down. So out of nowhere, it felt like just a flash. He said, Terrence, come get in this game. So I'm, I get in the game, and it's like the second time I'm in the game all season, man. Um, all I know is that I got a rebound over a dude that was like twice my size. <laughs> And started a fast break. And that led to us like tying it up by halftime. Mm. And I will never forget the compliment I got. And this is this is why. This is why it's so important to me. Is because coach laid into us, bro. Like he was on our ass at halftime. He's like, we losing to a team we should be playing a lot better against. And then he stood mm. up and he said, Terrence probably got the least amount of skill on the team. But he playing like the best on the team because he giving a hundred percent, and that really that shaped me. Yeah, <laughs> like that's why I, when I found out that effort beat talent. You know, yes sir. Yeah, that's when I found out as long as I gave a hundred percent, things would be uh, things would would work out for me. Mm. And uh, it came from the game, and I you know after that I, I was like in a regular rotation. You know, I did, I had a good relationship with the team and, and became like a respected dude. And and honestly, I, I started as probably the last guy, you know. Yes, sir. That wasn't the case by the time I, you know, by the time I stopped. Um, but um, I could have told you a couple of other games, but it was the lesson that I learned from that because I, I was an all-star third baseman, you know, when yes, I played Little League. Mm-hmm. And that again started, I feel like, from being underestimated. So mm-hmm. one more. One more quick one. Um, I started the season on the bench on a team where my best friend and my twin brother played. Mm. And it was another situation where I felt like, no, I should be at first base somewhere. Somebody got to give me that starting spot. And i never forget, we were down like two runs going into the last inning. And he let me lead off the inning Mm. as a pinch hitter. And I, I led off with a double, stole third base, and then the pass ball got me home. And I started the rally that ended up, you know, ended up starting us winning the game. But uh, we went on like a 21-game win streak, won wow. the championship after that. I played every game and was an all-star third baseman. And I tell Gene all the time, I made a couple of plays out there that started <laughs> making me feel like if I went harder, it's like, oh, I could have. I could have at least played deeper. I could have played longer than I did. But uh, – that's me. You know, you know how it is. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, I could have. I could have. And you're here. You're here. You was a major league baseball player at some point. Right. I, I got a lot. I got a little piece of that in me. But uh, I yes, feel sir. like any competitive person gets it. You know what I mean, any anybody that play that's played on any competitive level has dabbled into thinking that they could have took it a little further. But what I you know what it was always about for me is, you know, 
showing and proving. Of course, I'm I'm five six, probably five five and a half. Okay, have <laughs> always had to prove myself athletically. So, yeah. Um, it it never I never really backed down from a challenge that was you know I I was raised in a house with a twin brother and an older brother, and uh was never afraid of you know showing what I had so. But those two memories right there are definitely stories that my kids are gonna be like, "Dad, you telling this story again?" <laughs> hey, you have them, man. Some people, some people, some people don't even have stories, man. So that's real. That's real. Some people start for them. That's yeah. real, man. That's awesome, man. All right, let's let's um let me get into let's get into the Bulls, man. Let's get into the Chicago Bulls. Um, forty six and thirty six. Um, last season, sixty in the playoffs. They're in the preseason right now. Uh, first game of the preseason, uh, the starters came out looking like they were in the preseason <laughs> and, and didn't do shit. Uh, this second game that just happened, uh, they they looked a little more into it. Uh, everybody looked a little bit more together. Uh, Terrence, let me ask you, what are you going into this season? What are you looking for for the Chicago Bulls? Like, Is it something specific you're looking for from the team or something specific you're looking for from a certain player? It's a little bit of both, Dave. I feel like I'm looking if this team, I'm looking at how much room this team has to get better. Mm. You know, like what is the ceiling for these guys? And I'm my worry is that they've already reached it. Mm. I mean, that the, their ability to get better is 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 minimum. You know, it, it's not that, you know, it's not much room for improvement mm-hmm. with their, you know, with the top of this lineup. I feel like that is their biggest question. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, if you look at how guys like DeMar DeRozan have been successful over the last couple of years, I feel like that is where you find your answer in how some of, you know, how this team as a whole can get better, but also how some of these individual guys can get better, like Zach Levine, who just took home the bag. Yes, he did. So I know that the expectations come with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Zach, can you be that player where when we need 30, you getting 35? Right, right. Um, how much more can DeMar DeRozan give after an amazing season last year? You know, um, can they continue to overcome Lonzo's absence? Yeah, that's a big one. You know, and um, again, you know, I'm, I, I really, I pay attention to how they address the bottom of the lineup, you know, and, and the second unit with Andre Drummond and uh, Goran Dragic. Mm-hmm. I, I, my question is, is that going to be enough? Mm-hmm. Uh, to to put them higher than the, in you know the AFC conversation, so um, I feel like this is a team that is going to be challenged by the Eastern Conference this year, man. You you saw what the Eastern Conference did this year. I mean, this off season and just really top to bottom, getting a lot stronger. We spent a lot of years during the LeBron you know era, where where the East was just LeBron and nobody else. Right. Now you got a legit eight nine teams. That are a true playoff caliber team, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's gonna be upset. You know, say at the end of the yeah. season. Yes. Like for yes. real, man. Um, let me ask you this about Patrick Williams, uh, because he definitely everybody talking about Patrick. He's polarizing in the sense of either with him or you ain't kind of thing with Patrick. Um, there's no, really no in between except guys like me. <laughs> like I'm, I'm very <laughs> between on them. Um, but let me ask because they put him. They took him to the bench. Uh, this last game, they let Javante get the start 
and you saw a difference. Like you saw the energy, you saw, you saw that big difference immediately. And I thought Pat looked super comfortable coming off the bench. Cause as Chris used to say about Lowry marketing, he didn't want to be the reason he, that they won. He wanted to be a part of the reason that they won. And it feels like Patrick is kind of in that mindset uh, right now, wanting to come off the bench and looking comfortable uh, doing that. But what's your, what's your take on uh, Patrick Williams and his success that he could have this season? You know, one thing I always keep in mind with Patrick Williams is that when he was drafted, he was the youngest kid in the league. You know, he was the youngest kid in that draft class and deserved to, you know, deserve some patience to get better. And I, you know, he was a, a bench player in college, you know, not necessarily yeah. a bench player, but he came off the bench in college. That's that's where he developed his reputation and found his his lane. He found his his comfortability. So mm-hmm. last night, honestly, David, it started kind of weird for me. I was like, Javante, you know, especially if Pat Williams is healthy, you would think that that's his spot to lose. But <laughs> what we just talked about, when you're talking about a team that's in win-now mode, that is searching for ways to, to improve on last year, they no longer have that time to give Pat Williams, you know, to show to show the organization, yeah, I'm that guy. I can be a starting four. I can be a two, you know, two-way impactful player and bring the energy and aggressiveness that you, that you want to see out of this position. And then you bring in Javante Green, who just you won't ever have that problem with him. You know, you won't ever have that energy problem. You won't ever have that aggression problem. And I feel like what Javante is ready to show you is that he's been working. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's been over the summer working on his jump shot, working on, you know, his decision making. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he looks good with DeMar and Zach. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, if you're Billy Donovan, do, do you feel like you can give Patrick Williams that grace anymore? Mm-hmm. Or do you have to get creative as a coach to put – you're a team in the best position to win. And I feel like Billy Donovan told us last night after the game that it's about putting his guys in the best position to win. And he don't care that Pat Williams is the fourth pick in the draft and all the expectations that come with that. He got a job to keep, right? <laughs> so I felt that in the press conference, you know, when we got a chance to talk to him after the game, that he was honest, but at the same time was was tiptoeing around Pat Williams' feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's just the, the impression that I got because I asked him, so is this move something to light a fire under Pat Williams, something to trigger that aggression that you want to see from him? And he, I feel like he gave an a answer that, that basically told me that, no, he doesn't feel he needed to light a fire and that his main goal is to put the, you know, the best five out on the floor to start the game. So. Mm-hmm. It's easy to like Javante Green again. You like you know exactly what you're going to get from him. He's a, a an interesting athletic player, and but you also know what you're not getting from Pat Williams right now. You know you 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 definitely want to put him in, in a position where he's comfortable. And if it's off the bench, if he can excel as the sixth man, the Bulls have needed that role for a long time as well. And I, I thought they made a good point yesterday where they said just because he's drafted four in the league, you know, four in the draft doesn't mean that he has to be your top player on your roster. And I know that those are the expectations that fans are holding, you know, holding up against him right now. But I, I like Pat and, and I like his approach to the game. You know, he, he's not 
somebody that's going to take on fake motivation. He's a self-motivated player. He's a, he's a kid that is confident in his abilities and honestly is not taking on a lot of the pressure that I think the fan base is putting on him right now. And that's a good thing. Very much so. Chris, how do you feel? I saw you shaking your head about Pat, man. How you, how you feel about Pat? Yeah, I think it's sad that you let somebody six five take a position at power forward. <laughs> um, that just shouldn't happen. Um, and just and then Frank honestly disappointing. And you know, it's two pieces, two pieces of games. It's okay, but Green's not gonna make you win the championship, you know. That's, we've seen it before. You know he's energy, you know. I, you know, I know he worked on his game, but how much so, you know, we don't that's too be kind of played out through the season. But you know, Green's starting lineup is not gonna make you that much better, right? Um, so Pat Williams ceiling is higher, and you should not let a guy who's six five, energy guy, take your position at starting power forward. That's just not good. <laughs> uh, so I hope it doesn't happen. Um, of course, but Green is down down of his best friend. I tweeted because someone's panicking about uh not panicking, but said something about the Bulls first pieces first pieces pieces of the game. And I say everything's okay. Javante Green was the first person off the bench. So everything's the same. You know, we don't really love Devontae Green. But mm-hmm. yeah, but getting your getting your six five and him, if he takes his position, that's embarrassing. And I say it, I say it again a lot of podcasts. We, we talk to professional NBA players on podcasts, journalists on podcasts, and I ask all of them, can you change your personality as an NBA player? Because I really haven't seen seen it. They all say yes. Kenny Gill on, he said, "Oh, yeah, you can change your personality as a best as a best player." We had other athletes on here, other journalists say you can change your personality. I've never seen it happen, mm-hmm. but I'm told it can happen. I don't think so. I, you know, you, you should. <laughs> there was a play, so you watch him in the Drew League, trying to dunk everything, right? Here he is against the Pelicans on a fast break. What does he do? Finger roll. What the hell is that? Why are you trying to dunk everything in the Drew League? But you get to the game, you just finger roll it and you get your shit beat off the glass. <laughs> like, like, bro, your job is to be aggressive and dunk the ball. Like, that's that's what you do. That's that's your skill. He just doesn't have a mentality for it. Hey, it doesn't he, mean he's he not going to be a good he player. He does not. And, and he admitted I'm, I'm, yesterday, Chris. What, oh, no, what he, did he? Yeah, he, he admitted that he's he doesn't feel he's a naturally aggressive player. He, and that, But he also said that he feels – that is something that he can develop over time. Now, I would tend to agree with what you said. No, I, I feel like I feel like ever since Kawhi and players like Derrick Rose, people have kind of confused that quiet fierceness mm-hmm. with some of the meek and mild players that have come into the league. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. um, like a Pat Williams, like a Kobe White, or even like a Tony Snell. You know what I mean? <laughs> like really, really laid back personalities. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you've a- seen it on the floor. And then you look at a guy like Dalen Terry, oh. you know, who is like he shot out of a damn missile every damn time he hits the court. <laughs> In fact. You know, and, and like to your point, it, I feel like it just proves the point that it's, it has to be in you. You know what I mean? You can't be of it. You have to be in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to, that aggression has to come from something inside of you. And the Drew League, come on, you know what the Drew League was. I feel yeah. like that was him recognizing the, the setting and things like that. But it, again, I, I feel like that was him totally not being himself. Mm. And, you know, that's why you have it. That's why you won't see it in the league. He was trying, trying something different. He ain't messed with it. It's back to the filet. 
Okay. <laughs> Dude, perfect. I mean, you know, and look, there's um Andrew Wiggins is like that. Andrew Wiggins could jump out the gym, mm-hmm. but he got the NBA. Didn't he just wants to play, which is fine. He plays a lot of games, doesn't miss games. He loves basketball, but he's not that dude. Jeff Green, Mr. Underachiever. Everybody yells about, oh, you know, he's such a great player, but he's underachieving his career based on his talents. Oh, he had a heart a issue, great, though, bro. He had a heart no, no, no. Issue. Before that, though. Before yeah. that, though. Before that, though. Before that, though. Before that, though. He wasn't Mr. Aggressive. No, I hear you. No, that's fine. I agree that. But before that, though, he still wasn't Mr. Aggressive. He was a right. highly athletic player, skilled, but he could tell he didn't have the mentality to yeah. capitalize on everything. It's a little bit too thing. He's still a good player. And to your point, Pat mm-hmm. could be a good player, but I think this notion of him changing his personality, that somehow yeah. he's going to become this aggressive that's, ego. That's yeah. not, I don't think that could happen. I just nah, don't think it. Six, five, I think it's an unreasonable thing to ask him. It's an unreasonable thing to ask him in, in, you know, in, in terms of his maturation and growth. But Real quick to address the idea that he's about to lose his spot. That's what I don't think is about to happen. Oh, you man, know? that's big thing sense. Yeah. I, I I feel like that was just a preseason, you know, peak. You know, mm-hmm. let, 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 let me see what this looks like. Honestly, I, you know, even if Billy Donovan said it wasn't, I definitely think that it was some, let me see if I trigger this kid in that decision yesterday. Because, of course, they want him to succeed. They low-key need mm-hmm. him to succeed. They need him, right, exactly. Yeah. And and Javante Green, is again, is a cat that whether he's in that first five or coming off the bench, he's going to give you the exact same thing. He, like, he's going to be the same player no matter what. That's not Pat Williams right now. I feel like you saw, like you said, Dave, you saw a more engaged Pat Williams, especially in the second half last night. Um, even though in that first game, Zion definitely – <laughs> you know, things got, you know, in the few minutes Zion played. You know, it was, yeah. You saw what it really was. Yeah, but, uh, it was serious, yeah. <laughs> now, I honestly think Pat Williams is going to be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, that's that's honestly my outlook. I definitely think that uh, he's conscious of the things that he needs to work on. And you got to understand, he has not played a lot of basketball over – the course of his career, like he's he definitely still has to go through certain growing pains. Yeah, you know, and if anything, the injuries or anything kind of just slowed him down. We we got to yeah. remember that we have to give him the you know some patience. Yeah, true. In order for him to you know to grow, and at the same time, come on, Pat. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. I think I think it's, it's I think you. Yeah, I think to your point with Billy, Billy, you know, talked to him all season. We saw the meeting with him talking to Pat. I mean, this is it. Billy's like, you know, this is to your point. I'm trying to win now. You know, like, so, like, I, I already did a bunch of much I can as a coach probably to tell you that you have to pre-range to be you on the court. And if you haven't done that yet, then I kind of know what you are. I got to proceed, you know. Yeah, but I don't think he – I don't think he's going to start Javante. I mean, he jumped at 6'5". I, I, we know what Javante is. Yeah, but you saw it last season. year. You saw him succeed at that last year, though. Like, yeah, he was successful yeah. as a power forward last year, bro. That's and that was my thing last night. Like, we, we, like, Billy Donovan has seen Javante with it with that lineup before, right? Exactly, you know. So, they have exactly. a camaraderie there. Like, it's there. Like, Pat don't have that same kind of camaraderie with that, even. And you mentioned him talking after the game, and I do appreciate how honest he is about this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's very straight up about these things. But even after the game, he said in the starting lineup, it's about getting Zach and DeMar going. 
and getting them off. And that's not the mentality you want to hear. You want to hear, you know, yeah. I'm trying to get mine off, you know, to what can I do to help this team be successful in the starting lineup? That's what most people yes. want to hear. You know, what? you know what I mean? You know why you say that, Dave? Because I, I, I still stand to this. He wants to he wants to be a point guard. He wants the ball. Yeah, give him I the think, ball. I really think, yeah. but, but here's the thing, though. I don't think he's that. He could dribble the ball ahead of him. I don't think he, he can bring it up. Like he needs right, to be involved I think, in the offense. Yeah. I think he's more comfortable just trying to run the offense. Doesn't mean you're gonna win that way. I think right. with him, he has to have the ball in his hand. But he can do that with the second involved. unit all day long. Yeah, go ahead. I didn't see the second unit. I haven't seen it. I didn't see the second unit. Yeah, go ahead. You see now, I feel like from a philosophy standpoint, somebody needs to tell Pat Will that it's okay yep. to feel like that as like as a fourth pick. <laughs> And I've been it's okay to feel like, Come on. give me the, give me the rock. Yes. Know? Like, honestly, that's low key what they drafted you for. <laughs> they drafted you to have that mindset so that you can feel like you're that, you're that dude. Yes. And it's right now, it is a bunch of deferring going on, but honestly, I feel like that is a trend that I've seen on the team. Mm. You know, I've, I saw Zach do that last season with DeMar and, and I, and I, was on our show last year saying that I was kind of surprised at how quickly Zach took the back seat to DeMar. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't going to be mad at a little friendly you going on or little Kobe Shaq alpha wars going on between <laughs> DeMar and Zach if Zach was up for it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and he obviously wasn't. And, and it ended up being the best for the team at the same time. I feel you, DeMar was more than willing to be that guy. Oh, yeah. I wish Pat had that mindset. Yes. And that really kind of takes me back to my point real quick that I feel the Bulls, their way to get better is to learn from DeMar DeRozan mm. on different ways to be impactful out on that court. I think every every guard on this team should be nasty in the mid-range after, after a year with DeMar DeRozan because they should understand that that was the cheat code yeah. for DeMar last year. You know, that that was how he was able to do his thing. And you got guys like Io, guys like Zach Levine, who can get in, you know, who can get down there. You can get in the uh, and you know inside that three-point line, get in the paint and be effective. I feel like that's the area where I want to see them expand their games. You know, I want to see Zach on the block. Uh, and we've said that before. <laughs> like I see, I see Chris shaking his head. Like, Dude, man, that makes me so upset when I watch him play. Man, I get to it. He makes me so upset. <laughs> what what what's going on? What what's Zach doing that's got you shaking your head? Here's why. Here's why. We seen great. They don't go. We seen great two guards I in the league, right? <laughs> Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Clyde Dressler, all these two guards in this league. I have a problem when you're elite two guard, and you one on one like. No, it happened last game. It was a pop. I forgot what it was. He got the rebound on some of a steal. And it was a it was a guy between him and the basket only, right? He couldn't get by him. He dished it out to the point guard. I don't care who you are. Clyde Dressler, Dwayne Wade would have went to the hoop and got a shot off and a layup and a foul. Why is he he makes the game so hard on himself when I watch him play? And it's it's, a, and it's, and it's annoying that he hasn't economized his his game. It's like he likes to dribble a lot. He doesn't understand. And I hate this. Like, it's not like I'm a coach. I play basketball, NBA basketball. But I watch two guards. I watch them play. They're very efficient. Pump fake, mm-hmm. shoot, jump shot. Forget about it. He wants to fade away all the time to the left, drift, left. He doesn't want to get in the block. You know, he, he does all the dribbling. He gets to the hoop. He has the same two moves going through the hoop. He's not physically opposing. It's like he he doesn't – he shoots jump shots. It's kind of like too cool for school. 
And like, I, I, I don't, that doesn't work. Like, as much as I like Zach, I want him, I like Zach, David, I love Zach a little bit. But I see all that talent and I'm like, dude, this, the two pieces, these two games, he was not even the best player on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like, why is DeMar still the best player on the floor? These two, it's preseason. Yes, I get it. You dropped 25 again. I get it. But like, you are not the best two player, two best player on the floor. These two pieces of the games. And Billy benched you for a reason the second half <laughs> of the game one. And I'm like, and why can't Billy Donovan tell me that he's running an office through you? You're, you know, it shouldn't be like, I don't want to do my office. No. If you go to the Eastern Conference, their office is geared toward their best player. That's how the NBA goes. Your best two players, so your best player, your office is designed around them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is the office designed around Zach Levine? Like, he has to get better at the two-guard game. And it's sad, it's weird to say, because he scores so well. He's so talented. But you see DeMar, he knows what to do on the court. He knows when, timing, and all that kind of stuff. I don't still get that for Zach. I still, mm-hmm. even these two first pieces of games, I saw this short throwing three-point shots for no reason, drifting left for no reason, you know, instead of playing off the ball, getting the ball to certain spots on the court, turning and shoot. You know, I don't know. I I, yeah. I just see him working too hard sometimes for a shot, and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that hard. You want to know what, Chris? And I, I jump in right, right quick right there, and that's actually a conversation I've had with Gene over the last few, you know, weeks. And it's, I feel like it's a thing where Zach has to, again, get to his spots on the floor. He has to work in the areas that he feels most comfortable. You know, and, and I feel like that is why you're getting a lot of that um, aimless dribbling, you know? I asked this, I asked this last year, but the day of the podcast, I asked this to a question that we had on. I said, I said, okay, tell me, when does Zach like the ball? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, mm-hmm. Jordan, Kobe, Dwayne Wade. Spectacular two guards. They had spots on the floor. It was boring. You knew they're gonna take the shots they're gonna take, and they scored 32 points a game. You don't have to score all over the floor. Mm-hmm. To me, he's making it too hard. I'm like, see, can I see him just like find his spots and like so that's why I try to run the offense around him because I think Blake doesn't know where he likes the ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, and, and I feel like I, I put more into the conversation about Pat Williams because he's a young player. And we know he's at a certain place in his, in his development. When it comes to Zach, I'm more inclined to, I, like, I feel like I got to accept him for who he is because, again, Chris, how many players have we seen, you know, take their careers to another level in year eight? Yeah. You know? And, and, and I feel like that is the hard truth with Zach Levine. And I feel like that, that's why some people in the fan base we're kind of apprehensive about him getting that super, you know, that that uh, super bag, the max contract. Bag, but yeah. um, <laughs> but first of all, I feel like he deserved it. Second yes. of all, the Bulls, mm-hmm. I feel like, are inclined to accept him for who he is. You know I mean, I I, I don't. I'm not, Give him the money. Yeah, like you said, he. We know what he brings as a scorer. We know he's gonna knock twenty five a game. Uh, we know what he can't do defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know what he won't bring as far as leadership. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't feel like Zach is in a position where you're asking him to do too many things that he won't, that you know he can't do. Right. You know, I feel like the front office is more is more in a position to build the team in a way that compensates for his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why you've seen you, they put a, a Booch down there. 
uh, where they traded for Vooch. You, you, you drafted a guy like Pat Williams, who you were hoping could be that sound two-way player that, you know, that Zach is not low-key. You traded Jimmy Butler for a guy like that. I mean, you traded Jimmy Butler when he was already that guy, really. Um, and so you kind of have to accept Zach for who he is. Like, that's that's one of the things I kind of stopped people from, from doing when, when I'm in a debate right now. It's like, hey, what more do you want from Zach? Like, I feel Zach has kind of showed us that he can bring this, you know, what he brings on a consistent basis. You know, and, and honestly, that's where the question, that's why I'm not sure how much better this team could be if Zach doesn't improve, you know? Well, let's see, that's a good point. That's my point. Like, he's proven, like, from him, it looks like he wants to be that good, Wade, Kobe, whatever. Obviously, he wants to, but he's, he's, I don't know if I don't see that. I can see him playing that saying, I mean, he's got, I love Zach, but I don't see him going that extra refinement in this game. It's no, you know what I'm saying? Tomorrow it's refined. And, and we've seen guys, two guards, who are refined in the games. You know what they want to do on the court. They do it all the time with him. It's not there. And like, to your point with Zach Levine, is like, you're, you're only as good as your best player. If Zach the best player, we are not winning the championship with him playing like this. You only win a championship. It's, that plays way better. He's top five, top seven in the game. And otherwise, we're just a really good team with a really good two-guard player, and which is fine. It's better than being a bad team. Don't get me wrong. But in order for this team to win a challenge, Zach has to be special. You know, he's he's not he's he's excellent. He's not special now. You know, Demar cannot be the best player on the team this year. I, sh- I shouldn't see Demar pictures on this ESPN and not see Zach's. On the I have no there. problem with Demar you know to be the best player on this team, bro, at yeah. all. <laughs> Oh, no, it's yeah, funny. I don't like the Ron Rosen, but I want Zach, Zach. I want Zach to be. Demar didn't win a championship. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want Zach to be better than that. Yeah, Demar has be been closer than to a championship than Zach is, though. Wait, like, is it Zach supposed to be better than Demar Derozan? Is he supposed? Is he supposed to be better? Maybe, but wow. Demar. Wow. Talking about Demar Derozan. Two years ago, bro. You talking about an all-star starter last year? You talking about a dude who just had the best year of his career last yes. year? You know what I'm saying? Yes. So how you and better than the dude who's the best? Of his career, you know what I'm saying. I want him I know to be better than Ronda Rosen. That's you. my point. I know what you they want. Didn't, they Zach didn't pay one of money to be a five-time All Star, or whatever. You know, Demar Rosen is. They paid him to you. be a, the best player on the team. That's what I they paid him you. to be. I get you, man. It, but I damn, if that. he's gonna come in and be the best, then let him. Then he's the best. Like, period. It's definitely <laughs> not Demar's fault. You know, right. no, no, I'm not blaming Demar. I'm not blaming Demar at all. Demar, like, like to your point, Demar was like, "I'll take it." You don't want it, Zach. You know what I'm saying, like. Mm-hmm. And to your point about Zach competing against tomorrow, I do respect the fact that he kind of acquiesced to uh, tomorrow. But at the same at the same time, you still win, you still win games, like we said when it's a friendly battle. And we see the NBA with Kobe, Shaq, and other other good teams, guys who like want to be you know kind of opposite the way. Yeah, you can still win that way. And and Zach didn't take it, didn't take that approach. And Demar took that approach. He's like, I'm still gonna be Demar. No matter what, Zach gonna be Zach. Not really. I'm gonna let you be. Okay, See. I'll take it. And that's not Demar's fault. I'm blaming Demar. I'm. I hope Demar scores forty points a game. But I won't. Zach's ball here to be the best player on the team. And that's what I want to see. You hmm? seen him be the best player on the team, and, and how'd that look though? How'd the team look when he was the can best he, player? Okay, can you win the championship with Demar's best player on the team? I don't know. Maybe. Okay, so I I, I won't Zach. I'm saying, but he's, he's been close. The only reason I say maybe is because I've seen him be close, and then he went against mm-hmm. that dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's nothing yeah. you could do going against 
LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's nothing you can do about that. So he's I don't in the down side of his for, career. I know what I've seen from Zach. Like, that's I've seen nothing to prove that. You know what I'm saying? That if Zach is mm-hmm. the man, then we're going to win a championship. I've seen nothing to prove that at all. But I have DeMar, seen it from Demar. You know what I'm saying? DeMar, so that's why I'm like, I gotta accept Zach at some point. I gotta be like, okay, Zach. This kind of who you are. The only thing I want to see more from Zach, Chris, when you talk about the boring and thing, and, and you're right, greatness is boring. You're right about that. And but the only thing I want to see from him more is like catch and shoot. Because I think he's deadly. That's what I'm on saying. Catch and shoot. Like I love this, but that's not on him. That that's on the point guard getting him the ball in them know. situations see, for know. the catch and shoot. He can't but catch the, and shoot himself. You know what I'm saying? But, like somebody got that, but that's ball. what I mean by no to that point. No tomorrow's ordered back is back in his career. You know what I'm saying? Like that's some point. At some point you should, you know. Be better tomorrow, but but to my point is that if it's catch shoot the best aspect, you know I, I I don't want to keep blaming the point guard. At some point, it's just the way it's the way he plays. He doesn't play to the point where coach Don I guess is going to drop off and say, okay, you know I want you to get all these catch, you know, all your catch and shoot opportunities coming off down screens. Just come and get the ball to shoot like Steph Curry a lot of times. They don't run the offense like that. I, you know why not? It's because it's, it's a, it has to be him. He doesn't like to do that. And so we're gonna be a very good team. Yes, I want expectations on the on uh, Zach Levine to be better than tomorrow, who's in the downside of his career. I'd like that to happen. <laughs> and you get paid all that money to be like the best that. player on the team. <laughs> it's you. Hey, right? I ain't blaming tomorrow. I love tomorrow. That, that downside. I love tomorrow. Like like like, but man, I you feel me? <laughs> I want. I want tomorrow. I want tomorrow to say. I want. I want Levine. I want Levine to say. I want to be as good as that. That's all. And yes, uh, here's my thing, Chris. I don't think you can ask a player to do that. The, like the player you want to fulfill that role is going to fulfill that role naturally. You know I mean, so I feel like the 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 answer to your question about Zach is that's why I say you have to accept him for who he is. He is not the mm-hmm. best player on the team. He he is a a very good complementary player to an alpha dog. You feel me? Yes, he is. Like he would much rather be Scotty. You know, and um, mm-hmm. and that's not to say that, of course, like you say, it's not to say that he lacks anything in talent, and you know his bag is as deep as anybody's in the league offensively. Right. Yeah, but when it comes to carrying a team, that's not who Zach is, and and, and Zach knows it. <laughs> you yeah, know? I think and, he does. And Zach knows it, and so what does that do? That puts the the emphasis on your front office. Mm. You know what I mean? That's I, that's that was kind of my thing over the summer, and it's like if the issue is going to be firepower, and you're not having enough of it, then you got to go get a top five player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Dame. What's how many Dames? How many days Dame got left in Portland? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and and this was my stance. It's like, yeah, like if the Bulls are one of those teams that I have to that are going to have to bring a top player over here. You know what I mean, whether through free agency or a trade, because they don't, they haven't drafted that guy yet. You don't just draft that guy and hope like, hopefully he's it. No, you know, you know what I mean, you know, just with it, it doesn't take a long time in the NBA, I feel. That's why I feel Pat Williams is such, you know, he is in a dangerous place mm-hmm. where the expectations that he had are no longer going to be those expectations. And what does that mean for him and his career? Does he turn into a journeyman? And we've seen that, you know. We've seen that with Bulls prospects. We've seen what Pat Williams is kind of on the road to becoming. And I feel like that's what, you know, fans and even the organization are worried about. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, the coaching staff, that is what they're worried about. Pat Williams, they've seen the case before. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. No, to your point, I had to say this before. I, this is what I'm saying. I want this year to be the year when I see something special for Zach. I'm not accepted to after. I mean, even this year for me, to, after this year, if I see, you know, same Zach, I don't see any really elevation for my eyes, then I'm going to accept them. I haven't accepted him yet to as is. But I think, the, I think to your point, you know, DeMar has, because DeMar, that's why DeMar, DeMar knows who, who he's playing with, right? That's why he's taking all the shots. And and, and, it's, and the onus is on a player. We used to talk about Laurie Barker all the time. Why does he score more points? I said, well, they don't, they don't give Laurie Barker the ball because he doesn't want the ball. They would give him the ball if he, wants, if he truly wanted to score. They don't give him the ball in the post because they, they, they know he doesn't care if he gets the ball or not. And the same for Pat Williams, and you're right. A lot of the team is full of a lot of people that we've seen in many years in the world. A lot of us, we have a great supporting cast for a superstar. Right? So we are a great supporting cast. I yo, this stat, this stat, this, 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 these these players are awesome for a nice superstar to come in and, t- and take it over. And you know, I, I'm giving it, I want this year. This year I'm watch that. I'm gonna see if I say anything different, then I'll accept him for the years because he's proving yeah. he's gotten better here. So I'm not ready to accept them. I'll let you know after the end of the season. I feel that. And, um, you know, since you mentioned Kobe, here, here's what I'll say on that front with, you know, because we used to call Zach Levine. We used to call him Kobe Levine. <laughs> I feel like here's really? the difference. Here's the difference with him and DeMar when, when I feel Zach wants to take the shots Kobe took. You know what I mean? I feel DeMar understands the moment. You know what I mean? DeMar understands that the grit, the, the level of dog that you have to have in you in order to excel. And so when, when the question to can you win a championship with DeMar as your best player? Uh, the answer is no. But I feel like if you ask DeMar DeRozan that, he's going to say, dog, I'm going to give you everything I got. Like you, you're not going to, you're not going to feel like I left anything to be desired. And I feel like Zach has to have that mindset, you know, I, I will. That's that's the growth I want to see Zach have. I'm like, no, no more picking shoes and when you're gonna get hot. No, every game bring that shit. Thank every you, yes. single game, you know. To, and I, yeah. that is where the growth is gonna be for Zach. Yeah, that's not yeah. poor enough taking bad three point shots all the time. It's not. Hey, you can't do that in this East this year though. You can't. You can't take really nights can't. off. It's gonna. No. You gonna look at that schedule. Yeah. This year. Yeah. And you're going to be like, damn. <laughs> For real. Yo, Darius Garland, Donovan, one day. Yep. James, you know, Jason Tatum and, uh, and our boy uh, Jalen Brown over there. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's, it's never going to be a night off. Never. So, like, their first game, I believe it's it's uh, My- Miami. Miami. Yeah, Miami. And then, <laughs> and then they play the Wizards. But then they go Cavs. Celtics, then Pacers, then Spurs, then Sixers, then Nets. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, like, well, <laughs> like yo, those are yo, all the hard games, bro. Yeah, like, now you got to chase Dejounte Murray and Trey Young around all day. Dude, that's on. crazy. It's gonna be tough, that, man. Oh, um, let me ask you this: I want to, I want to ask about Dalen Terry because when they got Dalen Terry, I went and I went to summer league and and I watched him. That's when I fell in love with Dalen Terry. Because I was like, oh, this is exactly what I've been asking for. I've been screaming for goons on this team for <laughs> since last year. Because everybody's cool. You know what I mean? Everybody's a nice, which is cool. That's fine. 
but you need a goon. Like somebody's got to be the agitator. Somebody got to punch somebody in the, you know, in in the chest. Um, I, philosophically, the chest, not the face. Philosophically. <laughs> <laughs> philosophically, you feel me? You know what uh, I mean? But somebody got to be that guy, you know, and to get up in them, you know what I'm saying, and, and be that agitator, you know what I mean? And I saw him be that uh, in Summer League when they were getting whooped by the Knicks, and I was sitting there on the court, and I watched him turn to the team and just go off because nobody was talking. He was like, why ain't nobody saying nothing? You know what I mean? Like, he was upset, angry about it, dog. Like, we can talk, too. You got voices. Come on, y'all. What we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I was like, oh, yes, this sir. is what I want. And he yes. plays like that. At the same time, he has that because you saw it in game one and two when he came on the floor, the energy and everything picked up. It just picked up like immediately. As soon as he walked on, it picked up. They had to match him. You know what I'm saying? Do you think because I didn't think it was going to come this early, honestly. But do you think he would will get his opportunity to show what he can do on the floor during the regular season? Uh, will it come early? Will it come later? Because uh, they, they kind of got a log jam, you know what I'm saying, back there at the guard position. But with Lonzo being out, it kind of opens up a few things. But do mm-hmm. you think he'll get that opportunity this year? I do think he'll get that opportunity uh, because he has a coach that has a, a very favorable mentality towards hardworking rookies. Yeah. You know I mean, you, uh, you've seen the way Io worked his way into that rotation, get, uh, giving some injuries. But again, Lonzo is still out. You know, they're there and and you sign Goran Dragic and don't necessarily want to take all the miles off him early on in the season. You know, you have options if Dale and Terry can get out there mm-hmm. to kind of platoon him and, uh, you know, kind of take some of that pressure off, you know, Goran, who I feel is going to be, you know, eventually he'll be a big part of this rotation. But, gee, I'm, I'm really excited for Dale and Terry. I feel like he's going to make the most out of his opportunities. He's not scared. He doesn't back down from a challenge. Uh, again, he, he he's not going to have that problem of being aggressive. You may have to tell him to chill sometimes. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> and, and that's, that's I, I'd rather do that than try to bring something out of a guy that does, that's not really, that doesn't really have it. You know what right. I mean? So right. Dale Terry definitely has an opportunity to wrestle his way into some minutes this year. And um, I, I, if I was a bet man, I would say he's going to do it. He just brings uh, he brings a different level of athleticism. I love the size on this kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he puts his head down and goes to the rim like like I love. And I feel like he's he's going to make an impact on defense. So I think we should keep our eye on Dalen Terry. You know, yeah. of course, I'm not hoping that anything, you know, any injuries happen, but this is a kid that can definitely play his way. He already played his way into our hearts. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he can definitely get out there and get some minutes this year. G. And if anybody that doesn't think so, again, just look at Io. Yeah. You know, the, mm-hmm. Billy Donovan, if you're giving what he's asking, he's going to get you in the game. So That's a I definitely think we'll see him. Yeah, I'm excited too. Now, let me ask before we get out of here, man. Because we kinda, I kind of touched on a little bit. You're asking this question, but Draymond Green. Um, what did you think of that? I personally thought it was some sucker shit. Um, mm-hmm. I ain't like it at all. Uh, I thought it was trash. People were saying, man, he should have had his hands up. I was like, bro, they wasn't on the nine, bro. Like, like he in practice, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. with his teammate, you usually go chest to chest, you push and he push you back, y'all wrestle, whatever. But he hit him like he didn't like him. Like he was really trying to harm this dude. 
And he could have really brought real harm to him like that, man. And I thought it was a suck-ass move, personally. Um, but, yeah, what did, what was your feelings on it, man? Your feelings on the punch and, and what all the aftermath of it, I guess. I definitely thought it was Huff, first and foremost. Um, and, but, but first, um, of course, anybody who's played competitive sports, I mean, you pro- if you haven't gotten into a fight, you probably wanted to fight somebody. <laughs> you shared words with somebody. That, that's part of sports. But you don't punch somebody like that, Joe. Yeah. Like, everybody knows what a, I'm going to put you in your place swing is. And that 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 swing had the, the worst of intentions. You know what yeah. I mean? And like you said, Dave, you don't do that <laughs> to a teammate. And I feel like you saw enough you saw enough players from the league come out and say as such, like, nah, bro. Like, yes, we fight. But when that goes down, you got to check yourself. Yeah. I mean, and Draymond, who I know has been the culprit, he's like, he's the common denominator of a lot of situations. Uh, but this this is a dude that should know better than that. You know what I mean, he he yeah. pre- he preaches leadership, he preaches brotherhood. Yo, we not brothers after that. <laughs> Yo, we are not brothers after that. I don't care how you slice it, I don't care if you try to tell me it happens, I don't care if you try to tell me. The world shouldn't have seen it. No, you Draymond shouldn't have punched Jordan Poole like that. Yeah, bro. You know what I mean, if and if it wasn't that egregious, if it wasn't that crazy, I don't think we would have saw it. You know what I mean? And like maybe the uh the video people had more balls than than some of the other people in that gym. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, come on, y'all, nobody step in. Yeah. Like yeah, this, yeah. it it was it was ugly, though. So I definitely thought it was huff. I don't think there should be like any extra circumstances or, or consequences for Draymond because I one thing I do believe is that the Warriors took it serious. Yeah, true. You know, the Warriors uh, kept the, you know, the punishment in-house and I feel like that's appropriate. And the video gave us room to, you know, for our own interpretations. And I don't think you can slice it any other way than Draymond being bogus, Joe. Like you said, Jordan Poole, Push them up off them, but what do you do when you when somebody trying to walk you down? <laughs> That's exactly you know what, what you do. right. You know what I mean, and, hey, it's it's a bunch of levels to this because he pushed them, the hands went down, the hands went down, right, right, <laughs> yeah, and and that's a no no. No, it is, it is a huge. But at no-no. the same time, you don't think your teammate is fun to send a <laughs> Dragon Ball Z punch to your face. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Bro, oh, you can. <laughs> I'm talking about that's exactly what I said. Like, that's yeah, exactly like, what I said, bro. Draymond was acting like he was out there defending his family. You know what right? I mean? It's like, bro, <laughs> that's how you hit somebody that's trying to attack you. Exactly. You know what I mean? And try to harm your loved ones or something. What did yep. Jordan Poole do to you? Right, real talk. What did he say, bro? Like, to get that kind of... But that's that was my thing. I was like, bro, if this was on the street or this whatever, I okay, that's the... Normal reaction. You push them, hands up. If you swing, you got to be ready for it. They millionaires in a gym who are on the same team. That's in, why in he had preseason training camp. In preseason training camp, bro. That's what? why he had his hands down. That's why he was what he like, oh no, nah, this dude ain't going. Oh shit, yes, he is. Like he some is. some dude was walking the baseline, minding his own business. <laughs> it's like Draymond was the only one on bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, agree. And, and I agree. That, that is, I mean, I don't know how the Warriors are going to, you know what I mean, hand, you know, we'll see how Jordan Poole does this. Because what if Jordan Poole is like, 
G, me or him? It's a good what point. if Jordan Poole ain't going at all? You know what I mean? It's like, That's hey, point. I know, I, I know, but hey, y'all winning that championship without me? I know y'all think y'all wouldn't have won it without him. But don't forget, I'm backing up Steph. I started some of them games when Steph got hurt. Like, come on. It's a good Jordan point. Poole is, is, I feel like he would be more favorable. He's next up in that organization, you know? Yeah, that's real. Go ahead, Chris. You got something to add to that? No, I, actually, I didn't watch the punch till now. I heard about it. I, I know that I think it's been you, my you have fan. to be in a small even, even though. Yeah, no, 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 it was No, I knew about it. I knew about it. I'm just, that's all Jamon Green. I was like, ah, uh, because I'm like, I, I, even though I wanted him on the Bulls, you know, whatever, he's a nice, nice player. I just, like, I can't watch, I can't get mad at this guy anymore. So I already don't like him as he is. So I, so I, Real? So I just watched it now and I'm like, I mean, yeah, to, I, mean, I can't add anything to more, more than that. You know, fights happen all the time in the NBA. Curry got hit by Michael Jordan. But that was a short Muhammad Ali punch to the, you know, George no, punch when people to bring that up, I'm like, Kurt hit him first, and then yeah. Mike hit him. Like, yeah. Mike fouled him, Kurt punched him in the chest, Mike punched him in the eye. That's And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Mike it. held back. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. There's no right. hold back. Right, right. <laughs> and it's, it's was... probably been fights that we have no idea occurred. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? I'm pretty sure. But you know what? Like it ain't Draymond's exactly. first one. Yeah, right. But, exactly. but you know what though? The, the way they acted though, they didn't no looks like no one thought he's gonna do that though. It, it'd be different yeah. if like if like if like he walked up there, everybody started, oh Draymond's gonna go do it again. It's good to, to stop this. People, the whole team just like, ah, oh, he's gonna go over there and mess with him a little bit. So I don't know if that's if that if that's really true. I think season seemed like everyone was shocked that he hit him. Unless yeah. no one likes Jordan Poole, and then it was like, yeah, Jordan Poole you deserve to get his eyes him. I said that same when the tank came out. I don't out, know. They were like, get, get, off off real quick. get off real All quick. Get off real quick. All right, boom. Somebody don't All like right. Draymond or somebody don't like Jordan. Like, with that <laughs> tape coming out like that. Because he I'm came like over somebody, there. No one, you know? <laughs> you know so, they was like, they yeah. was like get, get out the way, Draymond. Then we come over there. We, you know, we put you and, off. And that's the whole thing. The video didn't make anybody look good. Nobody. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? right. The video didn't make anybody look good. It made the Warriors as, a, as an organization look kind of weak. Because it's like, gee, how, how how did y'all not scrub all of these tapes? How does this tape even exist? Mm. You know I'm what I mean? Like, me. that, that tape should have been smashed up, never to see the light of day. Instead, TMZ <laughs> got their hands on it, and you know that how that goes. <laughs> you know who took so, the video? They, they're know. doing an they investigation yeah. to see. Yeah. yeah. But if if I'm, you know I mean, if, if I'm looking at it, they may fire the whole video team. You know? I, would. <laughs> yeah. I would. All those guys gonna be gone soon. So yeah, man. He, he you know what happened was he 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 sent to a friend like, oh, don't tell somebody, don't show somebody, don't show nobody this. Guess we down to practice. Then the friend, of course, <laughs> just like no, whoever whoever showed the practice in the new Balenciaga shirt, like you know, what yeah. I'm saying? whatever intern <laughs> yeah. show up like that, like bro, yeah. where you get that? You know, come with some new dunks. Yeah, you know. You know what I mean? Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Here's what I will say. I, I definitely think these two can can still coexist. I feel like we've seen crazy things happen between teammates and their wives and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, teammates have had pure hate for each other and still been able to be successful. Um, depending on how mature these guys are, you know? Yeah. You know? yeah. If this didn't get out, I feel like, you know, this, we wouldn't even be thinking about this game. You know what I mean? By the first week of the season, the fact that this came out, I definitely think that is something that as a team they have to overcome. 
Yeah. You know, like it is a problem. Like how many times is Draymond going to be able to do this? Yeah. You know, or, or basically become a story out, you know, a story in the story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Story within the story. So, uh, you know what? You brought up a good point. Well, you just bring back, bring back the Bulls real quick. Um, AK is always talking about, and, you know, this philosophy is that the team has to be together, like family and all this kind of stuff. I, I do wonder. Obviously, that's true. You don't have to be kumbaya to win the championship. And he seems to think so. <laughs> I wonder if that's reflected in the Woods play. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay to get somebody who you don't like on the team. And, like, you can win the championship when people don't like each other. And to this point right here, I, you know, I think Golden State Warriors understand that because they, I don't think, obviously, don't want to like each other. Obviously, there's some hatred on the team. I wonder that I wonder the AK's philosophy of the of the Bulls being team and friendly and family is a detriment to the team eventually. I don't know. That's, that's overvaluing the family aspect. That's a good question because I feel like if you're favoring a family atmosphere, then you're definitely kind of taken away from a constructive uh, uh, constructive criticism aspect that you want inside mm-hmm. of a championship locker room you don't want guys to be sitting there like you're gonna be good man you want guys in there hey man you missed that you missed that screen get your shit together fam like right, right. you want that and I t- I'm totally not sure that that's the conversations that's going on in the boys locker room like I Kobe's Kobe I mean, I, I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I, he spoke in the locker room yesterday, and I, I think he was asked about the conversations him and Pat Williams had. Mm-hmm. And he said that they don't talk about basketball that much. They I don't understand this. Yeah, they talk about even, life. Even with – and you remember when they, they asked Zach Levine about Lori Marker? Oh, they talk God. about yeah. basketball? Like, I don't know. I don't – Lori. Oh, that long-ass name. Uh, okay, yeah. Right, right, they, right. We used to, I mean, all me and my had a guy who were in high school. All we talked about was basketball. Like, I don't yeah. how you how you play on the team, and so we never even, Billy Donovan was like, I asked about him and Larry even, you know, discussing whatever picking roles. He was like, Nah, like, we never had that discussion. Like, what are you doing? Are you trying to win? Like, why? Why aren't you? That's I cannot. My mind is blown. I, I'm not an NBA, I'm not an NBA player. Maybe this is a common thing, but to me. I guess they would hate me because I'd be like every day on the phone, yo, did I pick a roll last time against up against Paul? Let's jump to the left a little bit. And I'll be on the phone and they'd be tired of my ass. I know Jason Terry's probably that way. Jason Terry's probably like, why are y'all be talking to each other? Not Terry, I'll be, uh, what you call it? A Terry, you know, but yeah, I, that just, blo- I, my mind's blown when I hear, hear that NBA players, teammates, don't talk basketball. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah, they, they talk basketball, but they talk life as well. You know what I mean? Like, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. These are, you know, I think we should keep in mind these are young players in the league that are right. yeah. that are on a journey that are finding themselves. So yeah. I get it, but I also get what which is what you got, you know, what Chris is yeah. saying. You want guys that are locked in, you know? Yeah. I'm a goons, Dave. We have one. We drafted one apparently. We got a goon, bro. He and he gonna definitely talk <laughs> and he gonna say what he feel. You know what I mean? I like that. Yes, I like sir. that for him and I like that for Patrick Williams, honestly. I agree. So I like that for I agree. everybody. But then we're going to let you get out of here, man. Uh, we appreciate you being on, man. Please let the people know where they can find you, where they can check y'all out at, and what, and what y'all doing next. 
For sure, man. Thank y'all so much for having me on. I always love the conversation. Uh, y'all can follow me on Twitter at, at Tomlin Does It, and you can make sure you lock in with everything the Bigs is doing on any social media network at It's the Bigs. Go ahead and lock in with us and see what we got in the store, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, man. They, they do wonderful stuff over there, man. It, I, I'm excited. Shout out to her. Shout thank out to you. My thank guy, you, bro. Josh. Yeah, man. That, yes. Those are my guys right there. For real, man. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, and you can check us out, Ball Sports, uh, on any platform you listen to podcasts. We are definitely there. Um, follow me at Ball Sports. Uh, follow Chris at Ball Sports 1. Follow us on Instagram at Ball Sports. Chris? Yeah, man. Uh, as usual, thank you for uh, tuning in to the podcast. Um, also, it's a uh, hoodie season, Dave. It's hoodie season. season. And we yeah. and we sell hoodies. <laughs> yes. So ballsports.com, B-A-W-S-Sports.com, slash sports. Uh, slash store. I'm talking about that. Slash store. You can purchase a ball hoodie. Um, I think we can have, I think they added a little color. We could add to a hoodie day. So I think we can have another color hoodie up there. You no, know, we, we had That's the limited edition. We had the limited edition ones for uh, Black History Month. Uh, the yes, sir. Green joints. And mm-hmm. yeah, everybody was wondering where they could get one when they coming back out. We was like, they limited edition for a reason. But we're going to come back with something. You know what I mean? We gonna, we got y'all. Though. We gonna, we gonna get, with, uh, get you back. With the with second something. edition. Come on. You feel me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you feel me? Yes. By popular demand. Oop. You hear me? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> we going to get it, man. And also pick up y'all merch, man, from the bigs and their website, bro. They yeah. definitely got the merch there as well, too. So. Check that out as yes, well, sir. man. And support. Terrence, thank you, man. You know what I'm saying? Number love for you and Gene, man. And what y'all continue to do throughout the city, man, with, with y'all uh, shows and with your your coverage, bro. Like, it's, it's just amazing what y'all do, man. And I'm, I'm honored to know y'all, bro. And I appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Again, that's mutual, man. Y'all keep doing y'all thing. Yes, sir. We out, y'all. Y'all be cool. Bow. Peace. Peace.